This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. On America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Sports overload. Sports overload alert. We have a lot going on. Holy cow. It's crazy, isn't it? Cardinals, what in the world? Uh, they get no hit, and then suddenly they put five on the board in the seventh and win the game. Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, will be with us in nine minutes to talk about it. BK, what the, what are the Blues going to do with Alex Petrangelo? Boy, that's a good question. You know, you read about it and you wonder, is this, uh, is this not going to end well? And I don't know. I don't. I I hope that uh, you know the interesting thing about this is because of the coronavirus and the flat uh, cap. A lot of teams aren't going to have the room that they might have otherwise, but there are some out there that do have the room. And so we'll see when he hits the market uh, what he finds out, and hopefully he won't hear anything that blows him away, and then Petro can come back. The reporters from TSN, which uh, for those who are not familiar is like ESPN in Canada. Mm-hmm. They are uh, the big network in Canada. They reported that those talks have basically reached nothing yep. so they're on their way now to encouraging him to explore free agency no comment from doug armstrong the blues general manager i would assume that probably tomorrow i wouldn't say today but i, I would i would anticipate at some point you'll get another conference call from him mm-hmm. to give a statement of where they are he's pretty good about that but right now that's the situation their captain is probably going to enter free agency and we'll see what happens from there i you know I, he's a big Big, big influence on that room. I mean, he's you one ask... of those guys too that you will really notice when he's gone. It's kind of like with, when we we lost uh, Bowmeister, and in the playoffs, you could really see you, you could see the missing piece there, especially in the penalty kill. And I mean, obviously, we know that Petrangelo is an outstanding player, but you, some of those guys you don't really know how outstanding until they're gone. And that's what I'm afraid we're going to find out. I think Petrangelo is a top 10 defenseman in this league. No question. And maybe, depending on who you talk to, a top five. Yeah. I mean, he was not a Norris Trophy finalist. I think I thought he should have been. Should have been. But he could. you could make the case top five defenseman in the league. Yeah. So he's going to get paid one way or the other. And I, you know... I would not blame anybody for throwing him a huge sum of money, and the Blues will miss out on a, on a big name. Now, regardless, he goes down as one of the greats in history. Started with the team, with Blues mm-hmm. history, yeah. uh, finished uh, the, the job. I mean, he won the Stanley Cup, and you know, my hope was, and this never works out. I shouldn't say never, but it rarely works out in sports. Is that he finishes his career as a Blue? You put a statue of him outside Enterprise Center, holding up the cup. Yeah, you know, he goes down as one of the legends. Yeah. Is that still the case? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he is one of the greats, 
no doubt about it. But you just, uh, that's tough. It, the business is hard. I, it's hard for me to just go on the air and say they're disrespecting Alex Petrangelo because you need to know the whole story first and need yeah. to understand the business of it. And I'm sure we'll get the other side. But, um, you know, I, I'm, all I'm saying is I look at the roster right now. They don't have a top five defenseman or a top 10, 10 defenseman on this team. Colton Pareko is a good defenseman. Is he top 10? No. Is he top 20, 25? I would say yes. I'm a big Colton Pareko. Fan. I am too. Now, yeah. he, he's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I think eventually he could be a captain. Yeah. I think if I were to pick a C right now and it's not Petrangelo, it's Ryan O'Reilly. Exactly. But Colton Pareko has all the makings of a captain. He has everything you could possibly want in a player. Not a physical player. Right. But he's a he has a unique set of skills. He can race up the ice mm-hmm. with the puck like mm-hmm. a forward. And he's awfully dangerous. And when he's engaged, he is uh, awfully good. Did not have a good series uh, against Vancouver whatsoever. No, no. But a lot of players didn't. So. Yeah. And he has the the reach that allows him not you know to get by without being as physical. He can reach around a guy instead of running him over. We'd all love to see him run people over, but but he does have other abilities that that make up for some of that. And and let's remember too, Petrangelo, he went down to juniors a couple of years. They developed him slowly, mm-hmm. whereas Pareko came on the scene and he's been in the NHL pretty much from the beginning. And so as you look at their development timeline, you have to keep that in mind as Pareko will mature into an even better defenseman because it takes a while, especially for big defensemen, to become what they can become. Like uh, Chris Pronger, his first couple of years was awful. Or not very good, I shouldn't say awful, but not very good. It took him a while to grow into his body and into the job, and I think Pareko is is ahead of the curve on that and, and will be that top five type top 10 defenseman very soon. What are we talking about money-wise here? It's reported that Petrangelo is believed to be looking for about $8 million a year. The top defensemen in the league make about nine, mm-hmm. somewhere in that range. So I They're mean, probably hoping for a little hometown discount. Mm-hmm. And again, with, with the COVID situation, the, the budgets are tight. Right What's now. he making now? Six and a half a year? Mm-hmm. So. And then, you know, you you got to structure it. A part of what he said to, to Jeremy Rutherford at The Athletic was, you know, the structure is part of it as well. There are other things besides just the money. And Doug Armstrong's just been pretty good at figuring out those structures that make these deals work. So we'll see. You know, he can go out and test the waters, and hopefully nobody blows him away, and, and he can come back and say, okay, here's, here's what I can live with, and the Blues uh, can work it out. I heard you talking about Larry Wilson earlier. I'm not uh, old enough to have seen him play, but of course, go back to I go back to the early '80s. That's as far back as I can go. So the late stages of Jim Hart and Roger Worley, and of course, knew all about Larry Wilson, who I always considered until Kurt Warner and Marshall Fall came on the scene, and Holt and Bruce and Pace. That if you were to make a Mount Rushmore of St. Louis sports, Larry Wilson would be on it. Might still be the case. I mean, yeah. he, he was. One of the great safeties of all time. And, and on top of that, a wonderful, wonderful man. I saw uh, our, our friend uh, who goes by Retro Simba on uh, Twitter uh, said that Larry Wilson, one time fans raised $80,000 mm-hmm. to build a statue of him outside Bush Stadium and he, upon his enshrinement into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he said... Uh, give that 80000 to Children's Hospital. Yeah, and I read that as well. And so uh, he was one of my first sports heroes. He, along with Lou Brock, probably, and mm-hmm. Bob Gibson was right in there. 
And uh, I remember watching him play a little bit. I was at his last game and saw him carried off the, the field on his team teammates' shoulders. And, and yeah, he, and, and I mean, just look at the impact he had on the game with the safety blitz. It, it changed the game, the, the way you play defense, the way you attack a quarterback, and the way you attack an offense in, in, uh, in a great way. And also, of course, the legendary interception with two broken hands. I mean, you don't hear about that very often. Against the, guy the Steelers, was, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was not a big man, but, boy, he was tough. He could hit. And uh, so, you know, and, and then he stayed with the Cardinals for, what, 43 years, I think he was. He was general manager with them for a while. Right. And just uh, one of the great St. Louis sports legends, and, and we miss him. No doubt about it. You did a fine job uh, posting uh, a story on KMOX.com. I thought Dan Caesar wrote a nice piece on, in the Post-Dispatch about Larry Wilson, one of the greats, has passed away. And uh, we've talked all all this week also about Greg Marisek. I know mm-hmm. you spoke to Ron Jacober. Yeah. I think I want to run that back in the 11 o'clock hour after we talked to Dan Reardon. I want to hear what Ron Jacober had to say about Larry Wilson and about Greg Marisek. Both of them have passed away this week. Yeah, and Ron, of course, very close to Greg and, and knew Larry as well. So he was he was great. So I'd be honored if you do that. No, uh, I think we will do that. Let's do that at 1120, James. We'll talk at 1105 to Dan Reardon about the U.S. Open. 1015, about a minute or so away from Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. John Moselock's on the show at 1130. 1145 is first of many appearances. He's going to make weekly appearances at 1145 on the show. Eli Drinkwitz. The head coach of Missouri. What a career he's having in Missouri. He hasn't even coached a game yet. Uh, Alabama. Baptism by fire, too. Huh? Alabama on Saturday night. But he's, man, he's gotten after it. Recruiting and great quotes. And he's, I'm pumped. He's, I am, I'm pumped. I like him. We'll, yeah. we'll see what, what kind of offense he runs. Should get interesting. That's coming up. Sports on a Sunday morning. Thank you, Brian Kelly. You bet. Back after this. The following is a special presentation of sports on a Sunday morning. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you, and we are joined by the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, Mike Schilt's team with a just crazy win last night. And uh, Mike, great to have you on the show. It's just kind of been that season, a short season, a season of ups and downs. That's baseball for you. What a week you've had. How are you? Yeah, it's a little different than just baseball, but yeah, it's... um. It's been a great week. The guys are um, our gladiators are competing their tails off and scratching and clawing and, and doing everything they possibly can. Um, a lot of respect and got it done last night. You are a, a tough team, I'll tell you that. And uh, having been through a lot, no doubt about it, off the field and on the field, this team has made it to the point where they are alone in second place with a lot of work still to do, a 3:05 game today against the Pirates. And as always, we appreciate the time. Uh, let's work backwards a little bit, if you don't mind. I mean, yesterday, this team is down. Uh, they're down 4 to nothing. They have not recorded a hit. And what goes on in the dugout uh, during a time when you know the offense just needs a spark when you know that, you know you got to keep playing. What what's the chatter like in there? What would take us into that situation? It's not ever easy. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make it any bigger than where the guys really just stay present. I mean, the guys are. Um, they may be different looking at it, but or watching it, and I can I can appreciate that. But the guys just trying to take good at bats, you know, and just stay present, and um, no one's. If you get too big about it, like, oh, my gosh, you know, 
no, you just play. And the guy did stuff. And everybody goes, man, this guy's got good stuff today. And, you know, we talk, the guys are talking about, hey, how, how's my next at back going to be bigger? And what are we going to do? And how are we going to figure out a way to get, you know, get something going? So everybody was just not in this big outside themselves mindset. It was more about just, hey, what's he doing? How's he doing it? Recognizing the guy's got good stuff. He's hitting both sides plate with a, a good fastball he's got a really good late sharp slider that he's commanding um re- and repeating and just like hey man just keep keep battling and and then when you know he left it was the same mentality it's a different guy and you know that mentality um doesn't guarantee you to work but it it gives you every best chance and it's really a, a tough mindset um and, and that's why you know people may not really understand what what it looks like but you can't come back and do that without that kind of collective mindset that every individual has that's such a great point i mean it's baseball your baseball players your your baseball coaches and managers you are playing a game and you're chattering about the game and you're observing what's going on out there you can't uh, make it bigger than it is and there's a lot going on reading what's happening out there and discussing it amongst yourselves and you mentioned i mean keller was really really good and the pirates make the change they replace Mitch Keller and they bring in Jeff Hartlieb and Brad Miller leads off with a walk. Now they come out to, to to meet on the mound and here comes Paul DeYoung and he walks. So Yadier Molina gets hit by a pitch and I'll come back to Yadi in just a bit. But mm-hmm. the bases are loaded. Uh, Hartlieb comes out. Sam Howard comes in. And Tyler O'Neill is the batter. And the 1-0 pitch. Here it comes. Swing and a hard hit to the left field. And it's fair. Down the left field line. The Cardinals will score two on the double by Tyler O'Neill. And they're back in this game. 4-2 Pittsburgh. That's how fast it can happen. And that was such a big hit for so many reasons. But for Tyler Mm -hmm. O'Neill, Mike, uh, that's a a sharp line drive that he turned on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Big hit. Like you said, you had to break through at some point, right? Um you know, again, guys went up there, kept their focus. Um, Miller works in a uh, walk. Young works a walk. Unfortunately, Yachty gets hit, but, you know, did load the bases. And then O'Neill, you know, and to that point, you know, it was just good conversation. I won't reveal, but good conversation right before O'Neill's a bat um, on the bench with a couple guys. Like, hey, this is what this guy's going to try to do to you. And if you're so worried about the stuff previous to it and you're getting your, your mind escaping to other things, that – that conversation probably doesn't take place from his teammates or from, you know, and he doesn't probably allow himself. But if it was just, hey, I got a job to do. This is what this guy's going to do to me. I'm going to look for this. I'm going to put my swing on it. And then, you know, big big two-run double to get us going. It's a 4-2 ball game. Now, you've got Tyler at second, and you have Yachty at third. And here comes Dylan Carlson. The pitch to Carlson is hit in the air to right field. This should be deep enough. Backing up the right fielder, Osuna. Tagging and scoring is Molina. On the third is O'Neal. And the Cardinals now trail 4-3. to three. You got to like that, too. Made good hard contact and drove in a run, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. I just love the approach. Um, you know, DeYoung did that a couple times uh, in the doubleheader uh, on Friday. And, you know, Dylan, just look, man, I got second and third. And, you know, a lot of times guys are trying to pull the ball, which is fine. You can pull the ball to the ballpark. You can pull the ball like Tyler did down the line. And, and that's okay if you have the right approach, but pulling it and getting around it and rolling it over to third or short or your left hand hitter to first, you know, that's, you know, it's not ideal clearly. Um, but Dylan, you had to stay within himself, not try to do too much. You know, situation calls for 
trying to get the ball to the outfield, and, and he did it, and a uh, really nice job. O'Neal went to third on that play, so now it's Harrison Bader with one out. He gets hit by a pitch. Colton Wong next. And here comes the 3-2 pitch. Bader not going, and there's a hard hit ball. Base hit up the middle, Colton Wong, and the Cardinals have tied it. Wong comes through on 3-2, and two, driving the ball up the middle. And we are tied in Pittsburgh. Talk about great at-bats, Mike Schild. Colton Wong yeah. brings the count full and delivers. Yes, yes. Yeah, um, you know, good at-bats. And um, Colton, again, just trying to not do too much. You know, he got a full count. and First and third, one out. And, you know, he just put a good swing on it, got up the middle, and, and, and tied it up for us. Bader goes to second on that. O'Neal scored. Wong's at first. And they go out to talk about it again on the Pirates' mound. And then... Tommy Edmond at the plate. You needed him at this time of year last year. And in the seventh, Cardinals still batting 4-4 game. Pitch to Edmond. A 2-1 is hit hard left side. That's a base hit. Rounding third, headed home is Bader. The throw to the plate. He's safe. And the Cardinals take the lead. Both runners advance. It's 5-4 St. Louis. Cardinals have the lead. Now, they'd love to get more, of course, and Paul Goldschmidt walks, but a strikeout to Miller and a flyout for DeYoung, and the Cardinals wrap up that inning with five, and they turn a no-hitter into a lead, a 5-4 lead over the Pirates. But there is definitely work to do, and Ryan Helsley comes into the game. Here he is in the bottom of the seventh. And the 2-2 delivery. From Ryan Helsley. Molina sets up inside. Here it comes, and it's a called strike three. Gets away from Yachty, and the runner is not running to first base, so he's going to be out at first base. He just did not take off on a ball that got away from Yadier Molina, so Hayes is a strikeout victim. And the strikeout for Helsley, and he's able to get through, Helsley does, with a zero. He gets a ground out, a fly out, he walks a batter, and then a strikeout, Mike Schultz. And, and you know that with your pitching staff depleted, you've had to lean on Helsley in some big moments, and that was another one. Yeah, I mean, you know, he came in, we get the lead. Um, and a part of that, um, you know, Woody, who gets his first win, Jake Woodford, um, did a nice job with some damage control. First and third, one out. Um, comes in, Harrison makes a nice stop and play. Um, they try to hit and run a little bit and, and um, makes a nice play and, you know, gives up the one run that he, you know, but after that came back and told him right there and, and did a nice job. And Helsley did his part, um, you know, to get the seventh and into the eighth. So really nice job to get that leadoff hitter going back up in the eighth after that zero. Absolutely. And then in the eighth inning, uh, the Cardinals were able to get themselves uh, with Helsley pitching. He gets that uh, big moment and the Cardinals are able to finish things off in the eighth, you had another good performance by Henesis Cabrera. Here's a little bit of that. 2-2 pitch from Cabrera. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Back-to-back -back strikeouts by Henesis Cabrera. Ends the eighth inning. Boy, he has talent. And in the ninth. And here's a strike on the inside corner. One down. Stallings is caught looking, leading off the ninth. Big for the Cardinals. Hennessy Cabrera, they stay with him. 5-4 Cardinals, one on, one out. Ninth inning, the pitch. A swing and a ground ball to Wong. Out at second. DeYoung to first. Double play and a Redbird winner. 4-6-3, and this ball game has come to an end. Boy, these wins are all monstrous, and what a performance by Cabrera. He gets the save, Mike. An inning and two-thirds for Hennessy Cabrera and three strikeouts. What'd you think? Yeah, really sharp. Um... Uh, pitched well the day before in a doubleheader first game, which we had to get in our bullpen a little early, and 
um, but it had three days off prior to that and um, was pretty efficient uh, yesterday or day before yesterday. And then last night allowed him to, you know, Frazier was his last guy, but um, you know, he worked behind a little bit, um, got behind Moran to come in the game, but then came right back, got a strikeout uh, and then, you know, was very effective and um, made pitches and stuff's really good. I mean, he's got a real live fastball, as you know, but he's got a really dirty breaking ball and threw a, a filthy change up to, um, to Stallings um, to get strike two to lead off the ninth. So he's got great stuff and um, just continue to be efficient, make quality pitches and, and he'll be able to pitch um, not only more frequently, but, but a little bit deeper and, and, um, and effectively he's got, he's got great stuff. KK, the other lefty in this game, started it for you, went five and a third, gave up four runs. Now, he hadn't given up hardly anything all year. Uh, he ends up giving four runs on six hits, Mike, but he's given you a whole heck of a lot this year already. He's been through a lot, and it was actually revealed uh, that he's been pitching with a protective lining in his cap. Can you describe uh, what's happening there and um, with him, I guess, on blood thinners, he's being protected? Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, this guy's compromised physically. Um, a kidney issue without really still having a full knowledge of it medically, but having a peripheral knowledge of it is fairly serious. It's con- It's been uh, clearly contained, and, and everybody's hopeful that, you know, you know, even short term, it's it's not, it's kind of over the pain threshold. And the, But there's still some, you know, it's still a very serious issue, and, you know, he's got, to monitor moving forward, and I think they'll have it under control moving forward for his overall health and lifestyle. But um, you know, he's on a on a blood thinner that you know you really don't want to get hit, and, and on a comebacker, it could cause some some real damage. And we think we're out of the woods from anything really severe, but you know, it's a little bit more precautionary, but but necessary. He's just and some pitchers wear them, you know, irrespective of anything like that. They're just a you know, the ball, I mean, these guys are big and strong, man. The ball's coming off as hot as it ever has. And um, so he's got a little bit of lining in his in his hat to, to protect if, God forbid, he got hit in the head. That's oh, good. And uh, the Cardinals win this game 5-4. to four. The win goes to Woodford. Helsley holds the game for Cabrera, who gets the save, and the Cardinals win 5-4. Back to Yachty, who got hit by a pitch that loaded the bases. Uh, they got some things rolling for you. I uh, wanted to ask you about him. Uh, what do we know about Yadier Molina and that wrist that's been hit multiple times now? Yeah, you know, it actually got him in a, diff- a little bit different place, which I, sub- which I know is good, but not great. He got hit. Um, I think he's got a great opportunity to be in there today. We're going to continue to evaluate him, but, but he's feeling better. The great news is um, no fracture, uh, nothing indicates anything broken. Um, so that's clearly positive. Um, so it just matters to see how much, you know, feel he has in there and, um, but I think he had a good night. We'll see as we get move forward in the day if he can if he can get in there. But we're optimistic. It goes back to when Ryan Braun uh, hit him on the wrist. It was called catcher's interference. The bat hit Yachty's wrist, and a lot happened uh, during that. I know you've talked about this extensively, but not on your show here on Sunday. The, there was a lot that happened against the Milwaukee Brewers in that 18-3 loss. Uh, you sense have rallied as a club. You had to sit out one game, Mike, and. Uh, what can you tell us uh, right now, or have you put that in the rearview mirror? That's a rearview mirror. Um, I mean, I'll talk, we'll talk about it, but, um, you know, I don't dwell on that. It's, it's, I mean, heck, I don't even remember it, Harley. I mean, I do, but um, I haven't thought about it, about, what I should say, in the last three days. So, um, you know, I'll be glad to talk about it, but it's not anything I, I dwell on for sure. Moving on, thinking about the Pirates. 
and things certainly get hot. Uh, there's no doubt out there on the field, and uh, it's a, it's a season where I'll, I'll just say this: when I saw it happen, I thought, well, this is why players like Mike Schilt. Uh, he's he's going to stand up, he's going to back his guys, and uh, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, it's just um, I mean, irrespective of the game's a little lopsided, um, but that happens not not a lot, um, thankfully. And, um, but, you know, there's games that take place that, that do that. And so you're not thrilled about that initially. But, you know, you can be a professional and manage the game, play the game, and, you know, move on. And um, and then, you know, it just didn't – it was a bad look. And, I, look, I've said this, and I, I really don't – and I really don't care how the people interpret it. Um, but, you know, I don't know that it was intentional. I really don't believe that to be true. It didn't look good um, with some words being said right before that, um, you know, a little bit. In a professional manner, it was really done well between whatever Braun said to Yachty, and Yachty kind of took a little maybe exception with and said something back. And But it was professionally done, and you could tell it, there was something there if you were watching, but it wasn't, you know, anything was in anybody's face or, or overly um, noticeable. It was, it was subtle, which two professionals doing that. And, but then he gets hit, and it's like, oh, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't look good. Obviously, I'm not happy we got a player – uh, regardless of what player, but you know, Yachty's Yachty's our guy, you know, and um, you don't mess with our guys. And um, yeah, and I don't know that, and I really don't think it was intentional. It just didn't look good. So I'm tending to Yachty and really kind of mind my own business. And and I hear something out of the dugout. And at that point, hey man, you know, um, we can accept a few things, but you know, I'm not going to sit here and wear it. And um, especially again with with our guy Yachty. And you know, so I heard something and took exception to it. And, at that point, all bets are off. And these teams are tight right now. The Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Reds, they're all fighting for position. There's a lot of intensity out there. These A lot on the line, no doubt. And you'll see the Brewers again uh, at the end of this regular season at Bush Stadium. In the meantime, you do have a game against the Pirates today. You have the Kansas City Royals coming up. There's a lot of baseball to be played, but you are right in this race. You're four and a half behind the Cubs. You're a game clear of the Reds. And you are sitting at 25 and 24, a game over 500, entering today's 305 game, which we will talk about. We'll talk about a lot about this club. Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, is with us. Big first segment there. We really appreciate that going through what was a wild game yesterday. We'll talk about some of the other games we saw this week and much more about this team. The Cardinals and the Pirates at 305 today. Jack Flaherty is back on the Hill. We'll discuss him as well. Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager. Mike Schilt Show. I'm Tom Ackerman. Back after these words. Now, back to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back. Tom Ackerman with you. What a week Mike Schilt and the Cardinals have had. And the Cardinals fans have been along for the ride here on KMOX. 305 start to get today against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mike, you had a doubleheader on Monday where you lost the first game 2-1 to one and won the second game 3-2. to two, But that's just part of the story. I mean, results are important. But my goodness, KK and Daniel Ponce de Leon, seven innings and six innings respectively. That was a welcome sight, wasn't it, on Monday evening in Milwaukee? Yeah, absolutely. You know, getting um, some depth out of the starting pitching is critical for a lot of reasons, especially the number of games we're playing, the doubleheaders. And, um KK was fantastic, you know, his first start since missing time with you know, what we've already spoken about from a physical standpoint. Um, it was really on point. And then Ponce was um, through like he's capable. You know, he was really good in the zone and good breaking ball and, you know, was outstanding to give us 
a, a quality six and, and, um, you know, got us got the week started off with three double headers in five days to, to a positive start and the series off to a positive start. The next game, the Brewers won big and, and Jack gave up a lot of runs in that game. Just what have you seen from Jack here recently? Good stuff. Um, inconsistent with location, just a lot of pitches middle. Um, you know, some days you guys pop them up, roll over them, ground out. Guys didn't miss their pitch, you know, they got. And to their credit, they, um, you know, the Jack stuff's good. And uh, just just too many mistakes over the middle part of the plate that um, they were able to put swings on. And we talked about everything that happened uh, on the field with the two teams getting together. And that's uh, in the past where we got into that last segment. But you came back the next day. And I'm telling you, I don't know how he finds it, but he continues to. Adam Wainwright was absolutely splendid again. He goes the distance, Mike, for you. And another big moment for number 50 in his career. Yeah, huge for him, for us. Um, you know, he's proven again to be an ace in all caps. He um, went out. Um, it was like a playoff-type game in the sense of you had really good pitchers going at each other. Woodruff's got good stuff, man. Let's don't get ourselves. Um, Guys pitched well and has good stuff. And, and um, you know, Wayno competed and, and um, gave up a two-run uh, homer early, so we're down 2 nothing. And, you know, that that you don't like to think there's not a hangover effect, but it's like, oh, man, you know. And um, But the group came right back, and, and um, O'Neill hits a homer, and, the offense took a lot of really tough at bats. Um, you know, Evan with the big hit. Um, <clears throat> O'Neill put the ball in play later, and um, you know, just tough at bats that allowed us to you know earn and and get our four runs. And and Wayno was tremendous from after that homer it was nailed for complete game and, and gave us you know, gave us a win. And you lost the second game six to nothing, and then the travel to Pittsburgh five to one. You lose that one. Two things: one, you start wondering, is the offense going to be able to pick it back up? I'm not saying you did, but we're we're wondering, is the offense going to be able to pick it back up, or are the Cardinals just worn out? I mean, it's just just a lot of baseball in a very short amount of time. Uh, what will the club show tomorrow? And then you come out and you sweep a doubleheader. Uh, six to five in the first game, seven to two in the second game. You score 13 runs in a day. Dolan Memory Care Homes' memorable play of the week is coming up here in a second, Mike. But I got to imagine that Dylan Carlson punctuating that with a bomb uh, is one of the candidates for that memorable play of the week. That was some moment for him. Yeah, it was a good moment for him, good moment for us. You know, we're, we're going to, we scratch, you know, and, and uh, we're down in that game, game two, and the six, and, um, you know, put up six. Uh, and Dylan, you know, the grand homer to put it up, which was too big because, um, you know, a lot of something different in the game. But, um, yeah, it was a big moment. Um, it's not actually not my moment, but, you know, um, and I don't know if you got a recording for my moment, but, you know, hey, um, everybody's got their own memories. And there's a lot of good memories from this week. But um, that was a big blow by Dylan. Don't want to minimize it, but. Uh, it was definitely a big one. Yeah, we're going to put our producers to the test here and see because they record a lot of these highlights. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff, but let's get to it. And by the way, we did already talk about the 5-4 win on Saturday. Yesterday was just remarkable. I mean, the Cardinals mm-hmm. getting no hit, turn it around, win the game 5-4. to four. The Cardinals are very, very difficult to put away. We know that. And all these teams have their flaws. 
Uh, but when it comes to toughness and grinding out a game, the Cardinals are up there with the best at it. Mike, the memorable play of the week as we wrap up our show, sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. If you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live, contact Dolan Memory Care Homes, where they have no more than 11 residents per household. Visit dolancare.com. What do you have for us? Yeah, I got the double play ball in the second game um, in extra innings in the ninth. Um, we got a one-run lead. Um, DeYoung gets a base hit to, you know, give us the lead in the ninth. Extra innings, that doubleheader game, second game. Um, that good relief work from, from Alex um, and Cabrera. And then Webby's in there. And we got first and second and nobody out. Um, thing into a one-run lead. And he gets a huge double play ball from Urias. And it was just a big league double play turn. You know, DeYoung ranges in the hole a little bit. Everything's got to be on point. Gets rid of it quick. Perfect feed to Colton. And then a really quick, accurate throw turn from Colton to get that double play. And then he tracks out um, Peterson to end it. But that was a huge double play for the timing and not only the timing, but just the degree of difficulty in a high leverage situation. Let's take a listen. The pitch. And there's a ground ball to the shortstop. Throw to second out. On to first base. Out of double play. And it goes 6-4-3 with Sogard, the winning or the tying run now at third base, and the winning run is at the plate and not on the bases. That was some double play right there, no doubt about it. Boy, those two have great chemistry, don't they? How about when Wong had that scoop, that little toss to, to DeYoung in, in, on another great play? I mean, they, they just have great chemistry, two terrific fielders. Yeah, absolutely. They work hard at it. They're um work hard together at it and and you know yeah cold made a great play to in the seventh in game one so yeah um fun stuff and and um that was a big play for us that to pretty much sealed that win we'll talk some more about the club with john Mosellock, the president of baseball operations at eleven thirty. in the meantime cardinals manager mike schilt enjoy your day good luck today against the pirates thanks tom have a blessed day you too sir Cardinals manager Mike Schilt on the Mike Schilt Show here on KMOX. It's 1045. We'll take a quick break. We'll check some other sports. We'll take a little whip around. This is a big day today in sports. It was big yesterday. A whole lot of great stuff on the way in the 11 o'clock hour as well. Sports on a Sunday morning. Glad you're with us. What a gorgeous day it is here in St. Louis. Back after this. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Carlson is trying to add to the Cardinal run total in the sixth. The pitch. He swings and hits a high drive. Deep right field. It's a gunner. Three-run homer. Home run number two for Dylan Carlson. Look at that swing. I mean, if you watch the replay and you see that sweet swing, it is a thing of beauty. Dylan Carlson with the home run, and he's going to be a good one. Got to be patient here now. I mean, it's going to be a big task uh, to show patience. (laughs) It really is because he's a special talent, but it is hard to adjust to big league pitching. I don't care who it is. As you've seen over the last couple of days, Pirates have some that can really throw it. And the Cardinals are going to have to deal with that and much more. And so is Dylan Carlson. Our conversation was real simple. Uh, you know, I said I wanted to come out here and trust myself. And he told me, basically said the same thing. Just come out here, have fun, and trust trust yourself. And go show everyone what you can do. So, um, 
you know, it was, uh, it was nice to hear that, definitely. That's Dylan Carlson talking about the words of encouragement from John Moselock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations. He will join us, Moselock will, at 11.30 this morning here on KMOX. At 11.05, it'll be Dan Reardon, the KMOX golf editor for many, many years, and we'll be talking about the U.S. Open. It's a tremendous performance that we'll be discussing Yesterday at Winged Foot, it was Matthew Wolf. He's only 21 years old. It reminds you. I'm not saying he's going to do what Tiger did. It reminds you when Tiger burst onto the scene, when Jordan Spieth burst onto the scene, these young guys that can really take control of the tour. Now, Spieth has since flattened out a little bit, and we'll see what he ends up doing with his career. But Matthew Wolf is a special talent. He has the lead at the U.S. Open. A 5-under-65 yesterday tied the lowest open round ever at Wingfoot. You know how hard that course is? I mean, you look at those tight fairways and that rough that's deep. The ball just disappears in there. you got to keep the ball in. And he hits a ton off the tee. He had six birdies and one bogey to get to 5-under in his first ever U.S. Open. He does it on a Saturday. Bryson DeChambeau is alone in second, two shots back, bogeyed his final hole, so he settled for a 3-under-67. He had a great round. He came into the round at even par. Louis Oosthuizen, the only other player under par at minus one. Xander Shoffley, Harris English, Hideki Matsuyama are at even par as we watch the U.S. Open. Dan Reardon will be with us at 11.05. We'll also hear from Ron Jacober the words from earlier this morning with Brian Kelly about Larry Wilson and Greg Marasek, both of whom passed away this week. Uh, we'll hear from Ron Jacober on KMOX at 11.20, John Mosellock at 11.30, and the Mizzou coach Eli Drinkwitz at 11.45. Let's take a look at the standings right now. So the Cardinals get this win yesterday. It is a huge win for them. A 5-4 win. They come out of nowhere. They're down 4 nothing, getting no hit. They storm back, score five runs in the seventh, and win the game 5-4 to four on only three hits. Look, I, I do not... Style points don't count. This is about wins right now. And if you win it any way, you can win it. On this very radio station, for many years, I hosted a show with Joel Bushbaum. He passed away, uh, gosh, it's been 18 years now. But those of you who've listened to this show for a long time know that Joel was a part of it, and we also talked a lot on Sunday evenings. We had a show with him, the uh, former editor of Pro Football Weekly. And he said, you do what you have to do to win the damn game. That was Joel's line all the time in the NFL. Same thing applies here. Do what you have to do to win it, and the Cardinals are finding ways. They've won three in a row. And I don't care who it's against. The, all these games are very, very important, and they've got to get them, and they found a way yesterday. So they're 25-24. and 24, They're four and a half out. They're now in second place all alone. The Reds lost. That's a big, big loss. So you keep them off your back for another day. They're five and a half back because the Brewers are starting to win. They've won three in a row. They're five and a half back. That's how it stands right now. Now, the top eight teams in the National League make the playoffs this year. That means all the first-place teams, which right now are the Cubs, Braves, and Dodgers, all the second-place teams, which are right now the Cardinals, Marlins, and Padres, all good teams, and then the two teams with the best record still standing. Those teams would be the Phillies and the Reds, barely, at a 491 winning percentage against the Giants, 490. There is a lot still to go. If it ended today, the Cardinals would be the six, 
and they would play the three, the Braves. <laughs> Much more next on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.